Welcome to part two Bupa podcast series on men's mental health. My name is Audrey Wagawa. I'm the marketing coordinator for Cromwell Hospital and one of the co-leads for mental health and well-being at Ready for Change. Today we'll be discussing the particular issues faced for men's mental health together with Caroline Harper and Graham Pembry. I will now pass on the mic to Graham to introduce himself. Uh, hi everyone, my name is Graham Pembry. I'm Head of Health Content at Boopa and my role revolves around uh, managing the health information on the Boopa website. Now I'll pass over to Caroline. Thanks Graham. I'm Caroline Harper. I'm a specialist nurse for mental health at Boopa. I support members uh, from both corporate and personal policies with their mental health and also work with um, Graham and the content team around specialist mental health content and articles. Thanks, Caroline. Why men's mental health? Why is that a subject that we should focus on specifically? Mm, That's a good question. So unfortunately, we know that statistics from uh, as recently as last year showed three times as many men rather than women die by suicide. Um, We've got the highest rates of suicide in men in the UK, uh, between 40 to 49. So there's still some really alarming statistics that are coming through um, around men's mental health. And it's really important that we do shine a light on those sort of um, groups of people. And in this instance, it is is men and their well-being to look at how we can support them and get them speaking. But also encouraging them to access the correct treatment at the right time. because. Some other data also shows that they're much less likely to access psychological therapies than women. So actually only 36% of referrals to the NHS talking therapies are for men, which is obviously quite a stark difference. That really is. Um, and that makes complete sense about why we would want to focus on that on this topic. Um, mm-hmm. And there is a man myself, obviously, um, there, yeah, thinking about my, myself and my friends. Um, mm growing up there was kind of a, a sort of expectation that you would maybe not show your emotions as much as um, yeah. as others and hopefully that's kind of been broken down a bit over the years but I think it's definitely um, definitely an issue yeah definitely I think it seems to filter down a bit with each generation doesn't it Graham um, I think it's going in the right direction but I think as the statistics that I've mentioned show it's it's still not where it needs to be is it for, for men to have a better level of well-being generally absolutely I agree with you that it does feel like it's kind of going in the, in the right direction in some senses and younger generations seem to have more open ideas about gender norms and Mm. I suppose it's also worth us noting um, that there may be um, transgender, intersex or non-binary mm. listeners um, who might be able to relate to some of what we're talking about today, but may not relate to the label of man or male. Um, yeah, absolutely. And and some of those people listening may have experienced some of these and also some of the... Um, some of the issues affecting females and also you know that can be really confusing for for people even more so than where they're already at can't it absolutely and so i suppose the next question um what what kind of issues um typically affect men and their well-being Mm, so one of the ones you mentioned on already about those sort of gender norms it's it's very much been a societal expectation for quite a long time hasn't it that men don't show their emotion and you know the the saying around you know 
men being expected to man up, um, which, you know, on many levels, that's not a helpful phrase, is it, to be using at all. And it sort of puts pressure on men to be able to deal with everything, which is just, you know, as I say, it's just so wrong on, on so many levels. You know, male and female, everybody's um, a human. We all have emotions and it's entirely normal to be able to to deal with those and identify them and discuss them. Um, so it's, you know, some of it is from those sort of societal expectations. Um, and I think very similar, there's also the sort of traditional gender roles, whereas previously men were sort of the breadwinners and uh, and females were at home looking after the children or um, taking care of the home and whatnot. Um, whereas I think perhaps men, you know, they, they were sort of seen to be the breadwinner and they also have that internal belief that they're the breadwinner and the sort of provider and the taker, you know, the caretaker of the family and their partners. And I think that also puts sort of some internal pressure, doesn't it, for men, you know, because they've heard that for so long, passed on through generations. They absolutely expect that they should deal with things alone or without any issue. And we, we just know now, don't we, that modern life in particular is just can be incredibly difficult. And that's just not a helpful way to cope. We know that um, everybody needs some support. Everybody needs to be able to have a support network around them. Um, there needs to be able to discuss anything that arises rather than just thinking that that's a very, you know, non-male thing to do. Um, we also know that there's things around sort of um, the male sort of group that aren't necessarily spoke about. So there's a lot of pressure these days on body image for men. So that used to be less so. And, you know, a lot of the, the spotlight is still very much on females, but it's something that's really grown. So um, a lot of men using social media to post pictures of their sort of physique from going to the gym. And, you know, there's more pressure on men to have a certain a certain sort of diet and fitness lifestyle and a certain appearance these days compared to previously what there was. And, you know, we're seeing male celebrities shamed in the media, aren't we, if they're if their sort of figure and their physique isn't matching up to, to what they think it should be. I think that's definitely an issue, isn't it? Um, it's a very topical one. And I was reading a Mind report from, from Mind, the, the mental health charity, um, where they said that um, 30, 37% of men that they'd surveyed said um, social media had had a negative impact on how they feel. Um, mm. And they compared some research they'd done in 2019 and 10 years previously um, in 2009. And it seemed to show that men had become more worried over time about body image, which is something that mm. before perhaps they were, were less worried about, like you say. Yeah, definitely. And so there's, there's those things. And I think there's also um, sort of, you know, what's referred to as, as toxic masculinity. We, we spoke about this previously when we did the Men's Mental Health Forum. Um and that was something that stood out quite a lot for people. So, you know, in a friendship group, there might be one or two people that are quite happy to be open about their emotions and their mental health and to talk about it. But there might be some people who are still lagging behind and they can actually be quite derogatory towards them. You know, they might sort of, you know, again, sort of be using the man up phrases and, you know, what do you want to talk about that for? And why don't you just get on with it? So that can be really difficult because I think. You know, as a stereotype, women do tend to be more supportive of each other and, and make times for those conversations. And it's it's probably more the norm for those conversations to be started in those groups. Whereas, 
you know, it can take a real lot, can't it, for somebody to open up about how they've been feeling and so to feel shut down and, again, be told that that's not what they should be talking about. That can really isolate people even more. And we know about mental health is it does isolate you. It does make you feel as if you're on your own and it, it does get your thought patterns sort of in a really negative place. And so to be sort of closed down by a, somebody you thought was potentially a close friend is is really a difficult experience to have. And, you know, we, we want to change that. Um, and there is a lot of work being done by sort of smaller charities and, and uh, support groups to, to change the conversation for men's mental health as well, which is really positive. Um, so just a couple of other things that I've not touched on yet, but something that we've found is, is really sort of big areas for men is becoming a father so we know that women are at risk of postnatal depression they know that it's a huge we know that it's a huge life change don't we becoming a mother and also the hormonal and the physical aspect of it but it's not really spoke about you know that sort of postnatal period for men Um, and obviously new fathers have gone through a huge life adjustment they've gone from just being you know a single a single person a single male to to having a, a dependent and looking after somebody and obviously you know as a first-time parent that's completely out of your comfort zone you, you're not given a manual eye for for parenthood and a lot of it's you know learning it as you go along and you know not everybody does get it right first time and that's okay but I think that period can also be very isolating for men. Completely relate to that as a as a parent of a fairly young child um, I was really lucky um, after my daughter was born because I had good support and I had good mm. work and friends and family but I can totally see how it's, it is quite a vulnerable time um, for you um, as, a, as a new dad um, it's not really talked about as much like you say um, that it can be quite a uh, yeah, it's a very challenging time you're, you're kind of facing all this yeah, it's completely new lifestyle um, uh, so yeah I can relate to that I think the isolation with that period is, you know, you know, I'm pregnant currently. And so these are conversations I've been having with my husband, you know, he's sort of reluctant to leave me at home for too long. And he probably will be the same when the baby arrives because he wants to be available and he wants to be supportive. But also him going to the gym for an hour or going for a walk or a cycle or meeting some friends that would, you know, potentially avoid him feeling bad or isolated, wouldn't it? So, I think just having those conversations with your partner about looking after the baby, but looking after each other and looking after yourself as well is really important, isn't it, in that period of time? I mean, I've got all this to come, Graham. You've had this experience. <laughs> well, that's, that's lovely news. And, yeah, I think you're, 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 you're yeah, you've got exciting times ahead, but I completely agree <laughs> that it's good to, for both partners to really talk to one another and, and make sure they make time to look after themselves, um, have some time to relax, have some time to do exercise or see friends yeah. and family still because all of that stuff can drop off so easily when you've mm-hmm. got a young child. So it's, it, but it's so important for your mental health. Yeah, and to remember who you are as a person and not just that parent or that husband or that partner at that period of time. And I was chatting to a friend of mine, she's a police officer and she works with um, in a sort of family liaison role and um, they are now giving out cards to sort of prospective dads or new dads and it's a local charity that's based in the northwest and um it's basically about um making time for for men so they'll do walk and talks and they'll do like toddler groups or new baby groups because i think for a long time that's been available to new mums hasn't it but not necessarily new dads 
Yeah, that's, that's such a great idea, actually. Mm. And I think I do remember looking actually for something like that in our area and not really finding much. I think there was one group, but it was a bit far off the way. But yeah. I would have appreciated something like that, just a chance to talk to other dads. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, there were lots of mum groups around, but mm. not as much in the way of things for men. But it could just be supportive to know that it's there as an option, you know, that you're absolutely. not on your own. Yeah. Because I think when you do have the chance to talk to other dads, you find you have so much in common and, mm. you know, the sleep deprivation and then the challenges you face. So, um. mm. And, you know, everyone will have a different experience of that period of time. You know, we have friends who had great sleepers and their sleep deprivation was able to be balanced. And so, you know, the um, the mental health was, wasn't too bad at that time. But then we have, you know, the other extreme of a friend's experiences where their sleep was absolutely terrible for weeks. And, you know, we know that sleep deprivation isn't good for anyone's mental health. But, you know, I think that pressure for men, they have two weeks paternity. Uh, if they're lucky, you know, some self-employed roles don't get that and then they're returning to work and they're managing that job and that's sort of um, probably the main breadwinner for a period of time alongside becoming a new dad. Yeah, that's a lot to take on. Um, and, yeah, I was in the, probably in the latter camp but in terms of the sleep deprivation with having yeah. quite um, not too much sleep for a long time, for a, for a while. And it was a weird, a weird mixture of emotions because you're so excited to have a newborn, but then there's also lots of challenges as well. So, um, yeah. yeah. Um, Mixed emotions. That's it. Um, going back to men's health, men's mental health generally, um, mm. are there any sorts of particular signs or symptoms that men might display um, that the men themselves should be aware of or that partners or family members should kind of look out for? Yeah, so in in terms of sort of, you know, the impact of of any of these things we've talked about or, you know, maybe nothing actually specifically going on in in life, just that, um, you know, men's mental health might have taken a bit of a turn and it might not be as good as it was. In terms of signs, some of them are sort of the common signs and symptoms that anybody can experience. So it could be really struggling with sleep and that can be due to worry or it could be sleeping excessively. You know, however much sleep you have, it just isn't really feeling therapeutic. Um, there might be a lack of interest in doing things. So what, what would normally be a good hobby, so like going to the gym or five-a-side football, whatever it is that, that, that man does usually is just not there. And the motivation to sort of look after the self might not be there. Um, money worries can also be a big one. And I think, you know, that might go back in with what we were saying about the, the men, uh, the pressure that some men feel from others or from themselves about being a, a you know a good breadwinner a good earner for the family or you know just even as a single male you know lots of younger men have money worries for various reasons and so it can be coming across as if it's just a money worry but actually it's taking a toll on mental health and obviously we know that different people use different coping strategies and the research that we reviewed um in the last 12 months shows that men are more likely to use alcohol or drugs than than sort of females are so that can often be a sign and we know that men are more likely to turn to something like gambling as a bit of a coping strategy so these things are something that they might feel some benefit from in the short term um you know sort of a night with the lads or a few drinks or gambling might have a short-term, you know, sort of positive boost, but those happy hormones are quite short-lived when, you know, they realise, you know, how much money they've lost or, um, you know, they've been drinking excessively, which is a, a depressant and that can impact on the mood. So those are some of the real 
sort of signs and symptoms and also a big one which becoming more common in men is like a health anxiety so worrying a lot about the health um i think what when we've seen that increase in um, men looking after themselves in terms of going to the gym and eating well obviously that's a, a really good thing in most parts but sometimes it can bring about sort of a high level of awareness about health and health anxiety which is really you know a really um difficult thing to live with day to day so any of those signs and symptoms we would definitely be looking at you know opening conversation with somebody to get some help um and looking at some treatment it's all really valuable insight and um i suppose the final question really is if um, if a man is experiencing those signs of symptoms or indeed you know um someone who's, who's not a man um or with friends and family members notice those signs of symptoms where can where can they get help yeah it's a good question so a lot of the services that are out there are available to anybody. So whether that's adult males, females or teenagers, um, a lot of that support is there for, for anybody. The easiest option these days, if you were looking to go for, for help, would be through the NHS. And usually you can self-refer now, so you don't have to make a GP appointment. You can usually just do a self-referral um, to your local talking therapy service. If you were to Google that, then you would be able to find that. Um, it's always good to check in with a GP just so that, you know, they get a baseline of where you're at at that time. And then when you perhaps see them again to say you're feeling better or you're not feeling, you know, any better, they can then at least track that and know how long your time period's been for you. Because it's, it's, it's sometimes tricky, isn't it, to keep an eye on how long you've not been feeling so good because you're sort of caught up in your thoughts and busy with other things. Um, so we would always recommend that. I would say don't be... Don't be thinking that all GPs will just want to put you on medication. A lot of GPs these days are very good around mental health. You know, as um as our sort of new doctors are trained and, and and come through as GPs these days, they've had a lot more training around mental health and medications and treatment pathways and things like that. So they should be able to have a really good conversation with you now about how you're feeling. You know, is there anything that's triggered it or is causing it, and what's going to help you going forwards. Um, so that's sort of where you would start in terms of looking for therapy. Obviously, if anybody has a booper policy, they might be able to use that. And so they can ring into the business and have a chat with one of our mental health advisors and they can give them some options. Um, we also have the mental health nurse support line, which is the team that I'm from. So we will arrange callbacks to provide support and advice and signpost into the appropriate service. Um what I would also recommend is looking at some self-help. There's lots of books, um, podcasts, online CBT, goal setting, things like that that can be really beneficial. There's a really important place for exercise, and that just goes for, for anybody in sort of maintaining their well-being. Um, you know, I know certainly working from home over the last 18 months has been tricky, and if I don't have a good walk or, or some more exercise, you know, every other day or every day, I really feel the... <laughs> The loss of that so that's really good we know that exercise relaxes your body it's good to get outside and have some fresh air so um it's not certainly a cure you know i don't want people to feel that i'm suggesting exercise is a cure because you know not one of these things are it's always going to be about a collaborative approach between things um it's about you know often managing it so you're at a point where you don't feel as perhaps bad as you did previously 
And I would also recommend speaking to a friend. You know, it can be it can be a male or female. It can be anybody. You know, I would recommend if you can speak to somebody, a friend who's maybe been there, maybe experienced it, because they'll be able to give you, you know, some of their experience, but also some of what worked for them, and that's really valuable. And then there's also sort of if you're really not feeling too good and you've, you know, you've not been able to get anywhere, perhaps with a GP or, or you're waiting an appointment and you're having a particularly bad day, we would always recommend giving the Samaritans a ring. There's um, some other organisations called Papyrus. There's one called Calm, which is um, against living miserably. And then there's Mind, which has a really informative website as well. And there's also charity called Shout. Uh, they actually have a text service as well. So for people who prefer to text rather than ringing up, that might be a good option. Um, and then just more specifically around men, there is some support groups. So um, one that's really gaining momentum, it's in the northwest, but it's it's really spreading. They're hoping to sort of be UK wide is Andy's Man Club. So that was formed um, by a young chap in Northwest whose brother unfortunately lost his life to mental health. He, he took his own life after struggling on his own and his brother uh, named the charity after him. So Andy's Man Club and it says it's a it's a whole number of support groups um, available and it's 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 not run by a mental health professional it's just about creating a space that men can go ahead and talk uh, in, a, in a safe space that's confidential and again linking in with men who may have experienced some of the same things um, there's also a, a, an organization for older men that is called men in sheds so that's sort of been set up with a similar thing to open the conversation for men but um, whilst doing it they can also do some creative gardening and things like that and that's been around for quite a long time I think that's currently NHS run uh, but that might vary in different postcodes that really shows what breadth of different support services and mechanisms there are out there um, and I think important to note that as you said um, some of them sort of involve speaking to someone or, or reaching out but there's also the option to read up on on those services websites um, mm. and read up for the sort of information on those websites which might be helpful too um, definitely i was just going to mention about you know like you said the reading up it, it can be really helpful to read up because once you read things you can identify with where it is you're at um, and a lot of the sort of one-to-one -one therapy services and the GP and things like that, they should sort of do a very sort of mini mental health questionnaire with you. One's around your mood and one's around anxiety. And by doing that, that sort of, you get some feedback from that as to where you're at. And that can be really good for really validating how you've been feeling. So if you know that you've been feeling down for some time, but you're not quite sure how down or how long it's been, then having that conversation with somebody can be really empowering because you think, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not just sort of thinking I'm losing my marbles, you know, as, as a lot of us think when things aren't feeling great, you know, I, I'm actually, I am actually struggling and I do need a bit of help. And that's quite often a good tool that's used for people. And, you know, some of the self-help websites, um, and mind and things like that they will have that on there as well and it will give you a good idea of what type of treatment you benefit from because as I said we don't really tend to look at medication for people unless it's quite moderate or severe because there's lots of other things that we know can be tried and, and work out first of all. That's great to know about and I do feel it's important for all of us to kind of check in with ourselves about how we are feeling because I think it's so easy to just 
ignore some of the signs or to normalize them and think, oh, this is just, you know, I've just got to get on with this and I've just got to kind of man up as, as people yeah. and hopefully sometimes say that actually it is important to recognize when you might need some support, when things might not be, um, you know, doing going as well. Yeah. But Carolyn, that's been so interesting and insightful. Thank you very much um, for talking with me. Um, Thanks, Graham. And um, yeah, as you said, uh, to anyone listening who who thinks would be helpful, do do check out all those uh, suggestions that Caroline just had. There's lots of um, lots of options in there.